0: Log Talks Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable, running in a 600, running in a
2: 600. Untouchable, uncrushable, running in a 600, running in a 600. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Punch the Face Radio. I'm your host, Brandon Stubbs. Appreciate you uh, joining me here this evening. Uh, Tonight, we're going to have an interview here with Kathy Duva, uh, CEO of Maine Events, talking some um, Kovalev, some Dimitri Buev, uh, their big card they have here this weekend on HBO Live from Atlantic City. Uh, We'll also talk about uh, this uh, pitiful card that's going to be on Fox uh, Saturday uh, early evening. Uh, featuring Andre Berto and Devin Alexander, but uh, some other things as well. But you can be a part of the show by calling in at area code 929-477-3165. As well, you can tweet me throughout the show at BrandonP2TF, and as well visit com. just because, well, it's there. You Just just view the page. It's pretty nice. So, so uh, we're going to get to the Kathy Duba interview here shortly, but uh, what we want to start off here with tonight is talking about here my man, Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia uh, went out this past weekend, and um, I don't want to say handily because I don't want to disrespect Robert Easter Jr. because Robert was there. Uh, he was game before 12 rounds, but uh, really didn't have much of a fight uh, in it. Uh, but Mikey Garcia went out won a very handily, uh, decisive fight here this past Saturday night. Captured another uh, championship here at 135. Um and did it did it with really no um, no drama involved, if you will. It was pretty pretty clean win on his behalf. Um, so, you know what's next for Mikey Garcia? Well, Mikey Garcia had been talking about this leading up to this fight, and I didn't like the energy of it. I honestly thought he was kind of overlooking Robert Easter Jr. a bit, uh, throwing the name of Earl Spencer Jr. out there, but. Mikey seems pretty damn hell-bent on this being the the fight that he wants. Now, let, let's kind of first start here with Mikey's win over Robert Easter Jr. Now, does this set Mikey apart from everyone else there in the 135-pound division with this win? Uh, you can make that argument now. He's now got two of the championship belts. Um, he was already kind of looked upon as being the guy there anyway. Uh, there's also still the boogeyman known as Lassimi Lomachenko. Now, um Will Lomachenko and Garcia ever fight? Well, I don't know, but I will let Bob Aram answer that question. This audio is courtesy of Fight
1: Hype. You know, Lomachenko fight is that possible? Look, Lomachenko wants to fight it often. We have a, all these dates on ESPN with a Mikey Garcia. It becomes like the second coming of Mayweather back end. The negotiations will go on. Uh, you know, I may not, I may be 90 years old by the time the negotiations are finished. I'm tired of that. If he wants to fight, I let him call me, I'll give him a number. If it's not good, fuck it. I ain't
0: negotiating.
2: Be- now, you heard Bob say there he's not negotiating. He really didn't have the interest in doing that. Now, For those who aren't uh, well-rounded or or know what the deal is with that, let me explain. For those who don't remember, uh, because it's been some time, Mikey Garcia was signed to Top Rank. Uh, Mikey decided that he didn't want um, to be there anymore. He wanted out of his contract and subsequently uh, set out two and a half years, uh, let the contract expire. Uh, Some other things were done in between there, but he ended up getting out of the contract with Top Rank. Uh, you know, as much as Bob will say he doesn't hold a grudge, he also still holds a grudge. And truth be told, can you blame him in that regard? You have a fighter signed, they're reneging one out of their contract, and, you know, then they steadily bring up guys who are signed underneath top rank for fights. Uh, you know, Crawford's name has came up a couple times for Mikey Garcia since his return, and obviously now Lomachenko. Lomachenko's probably the guy's to the 135. Now, him and Mikey Garcia would make a fun fight. Honestly, it's a pick-and-fight. I wouldn't really know which way to, to go there. I think both of them are, are extremely talented and extremely high-skilled there for the division. So I, I can't lean one way or the other, but I think it would be a fight to make. Unfortunately, that fight won't happen because of the, the parties involved uh, that both fighters are signed to. But that only leaves one other championship, in this that's Raymond Beltrans, who's going to defend his belt here later this month. Uh, The other two titles there in the division here, the IBO, um, that's vacated, and as well as the uh, WBA, there's no champion there. So, you know, two belts vacant here, 135. So we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Mikey Garcia is wanting now to move up 12 pounds and challenge Earl Spencer Jr. for his World to Weight Championship. Now, there has been fighters who have been successful in jumping up several weight classes you know, and skipping one, uh, maybe the most notable here recently, and maybe the past 20 years, is Shane Mosley. He was the most successful in doing that. So I don't know if Mikey is, if he's capable of, of that. And given the fact of the opponent he may be facing, in an Earl Spence, I don't know if that's the wisest decision to make. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would really lean towards him doing that now. The reason why the fight would make sense and it's a, a no lose situation for Mikey Garcia is, he goes up and wins. Obviously, he's praised, you know, for being a, such a high skill level fighter, and obviously it throws him right in the mix as being maybe number one pound for pound in the world in boxing. So from that aspect, you know, he wins. You know, all graces go to him. He loses, he's still going to look be look. He's going to get looked upon as a guy who dared to be great, wanted to move up in weight and challenge one of the best guys there in that division. So he's in a lose-lose situation. I mean, a win-win situation. He loses, not a big deal. He moved up in weight, shouldn't have been in that weight class. He takes the L. He still holds his belt here at 135. He goes out and wins. Well, that opens up the door of possibilities for a lot of things for him in the welterweight division. And it shows he is definitely legitimately a, a great fighter uh, that people have made him out to be and that he feels that he is. Um so, from that aspect, it makes sense. Now, for Earl Spitz Jr., he's kind of in a lose-lose situation. Now, he wants to stay active and busy. Unfortunately, the other fighters in the one 2 division, eh, not so much. Uh, right now, there's no champion in, in the WBC. That's going to be fought here in September between uh, Sean Porter and um, um, Danny Garcia. So, there, you know, he can't fight a guy there. Uh, Manny Pacquiao is a championship, yeah, he's probably not going to fight him. Uh, because Earl may not want to go you know, across the world uh, to unify a belt with Manny Pacquiao because Manny's not going to fight here in America. And then you have Terrence Crawford, who is right now signed to top rank. And again, top rank and PBC don't really mix and do tons of business together. So it's a double-edged sword for him because it gives him a name The fight. will probably be his biggest payday, but if he beats up on a smaller guy, people are not going to give him the, the credit he deserves for beating such a skilled guy because he's going to be such naturally larger fighter. It's a very weird scenario here that we're going to have uh, between these two guys, but you know, honestly, I don't see the fight happening. What I see happening is Mikey Garcia throwing that name out there and him settling for a another fighter there in his weight class or at 140. I don't just see him jumping up that immediately, going up 12 pounds and fighting a guy like Earl Spence. Uh, they're in the welterweight weight division. It just doesn't make a ton of sense there for him to do that, but uh, that's what's on his plate. That's what he wants to do, so uh, kudos to him for wanting to be great. I just don't think it's a great idea. Uh, we'll see, but you can definitely chime in and let me know what you think by calling it at area code 929-477-3165 or tweet me throughout the show at Brandon P 2 tf I also want to give a shout out there on that card uh, to uh, Mario Barrios, who's going to be on the tonight's show, but he ended up having to delay. Uh, we may do something with him here uh, to where he's on next week's show. Uh, so you may hear an interview with him next week. So uh, shout-out to Mario. He ended up winning here via stoppage here uh, against um, uh, was it Jose Ramon uh, or Roman after he didn't want to come out here after the eighth round. So we'll, we'll have Mario here on the show here soon enough. Uh, also to Luis uh, King Kong Ortiz, who subsequently demolished a fighter I'd never heard of, uh, knocked him out, and just put him on his back. Um Ortiz is legitimately a scary guy in the heavyweight division. You know, could he get past Deontay Ward if they match up again? Probably not. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but the heavyweight division is very exciting right now. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But we want to talk about some fights going on here this weekend. And the biggest one to, uh, to really accord about as regards to uh, fights this weekend is the two title fights that they're going to have featured on uh, HBO. That first fight is going to be uh, Dimitri Buev versus Isaac Chilumba, uh for Buev's championship. And then uh, Sergey Kovalev is going to be making a defense of his championship version of the Light Heavyweight Championship against Alain Alvarez. Uh, so I was able to get some time with the uh, main event CEO, uh, the head lady in charge, and returning guest here to Punch the Face Radio, the one and only Kathy Duba, as she talks about um, this fight card as well as uh, how the deal with uh, Facebook Watch came together. So here's my interview with Kathy Duba on Punch the Face Radio. All right, now, Kathy, the the fight here this weekend in Atlantic City, Sergey Kovalev makes his return back on HBO. Eleanor Alvarez is going to be for Kovalev's championship here in the light heavyweight division. Uh, Why is Alvarez the right opponent for Sergey right now?
0: Well, I think they're the right opponent for each other. Um, Alvarez has been waiting two years as the number one contender undefeated, and he's clearly a credible opponent who has earned his shot. Um, and, and, a, and a formidable challenge. And, uh, and Sergey, uh, you know, it's, not, it's still not easy to get people to fight him. You know, it's funny. I mean, he's the man in the division. He still is. People first mention his name. They call him out before anybody else. But when guys win fights in this division, when the time comes to make the fight, uh, it's not so easy. So uh, the nice thing about Alvarez was that he was finally frustrated waiting for Stevenson. He wanted his title shot. Uh, we were looking for an opponent, and I called Yvonne Michelle, and Yvonne just said, yeah, let's make the fight, and it got done very
2: quickly and very easily. Is it kind of ironic that it got done so easily, given the fact that, you know, uh, Michelle also works with Adonis Stevenson as well, and he's also working with Alvarez, that he could get one fighter's deal done so easily, and the other one seemed like it's taken literally forever for us for fans to actually see if we're ever going to see it?
0: I, I don't know that it's ironic so much as it is because ironic means what you wouldn't expect it is what I would expect um because we, we, we know who the who the problem is <laughs> and it's not Yvonne Michelle <laughs> Stevenson wouldn't fight either either Sergey or Alvarez, and, and you know when he had both fighters, he couldn't make that fight between the two of them He couldn't make the fight with Sergey. The common denominator here was Stevenson, not Yvonne so uh. F, whatever uh, we, you know, we've kind of given up hope that that Stevenson is ever going to step up and take a challenge. So in the meantime, you know, we'll take the guys that he will fight. That's why we're calling the fight Superman. It's a little
2: at him having some fun with. it. Now, you know, Sergey has is, he's had this bounce back, you know, since the the Ward fights, and he seems to kind of be back to uh, the crusher mentality. Do you think with each fight that he gets himself removed? Uh, from those uh, series of fights with Andre Ward, he's getting that confidence back, that, that veracity that he used to fight with, that anger he fought with that we love so much about him. Are you thinking we're going to see even more of that even now this next time around with the new trainer as well? You
0: know, I think he, he's a, a, an older and wiser fighter now. I think he learned a lot in those two fights, um, and far as confidence from what I can see based on conversations and, and, and whatnot, you know, he's, he's back to where he was, if not better. I uh, talking again about wanting to unify all the titles, wants only the best challengers. If anything, he was complaining that the last two opponents were not tough enough. So when a guy starts complaining about that, that's when you know that he's turned the corner and, uh, Sergey, you know, that, that's him. The, the uh, the desire to test himself against the best has, has always been the motivating factor for him. And, uh, you know, he's fought he's absolutely everyone that's wanted to fight him, and he will continue to do that. And that's what makes him the crusher.
2: Which is a perfect segue into the next question. Now, the co cool feature of the night is Dimitri Buev versus Isaac Chalumba uh, for Buev's championship. They're also in the division. Is that the next logical fight if both men win, both men retain their titles? Is that the fight that we're all going to start zeroing in after Saturday night?
0: We are certainly going to see it, I think, eventually, barring, you know, unforeseen circumstances on Saturday. I don't know if it's next or if it's the fight after that, but it's certainly going to be happening. They both have expressed a desire to fight each other, and as I said, Sergei's made it clear that he just wants to start unifying the titles, so... Uh, that's that's going to be you know that those are my instructions and that's what I'm going to go out and try to accomplish. And uh, if D-Ball is ready to fight Sergey, then we'll make that fight. He's young and you know not quite as experienced, and um, he's he's only had the chance to defend his title. This is what is second. This is going to be his second defense. Uh, he's he's got a, a you know a, a way to go, but um, certainly that's a fight that we want to see. We all want to see. He's the future of the division. He's only in his mid twenties, you know, there are uh, there are contenders, guys we call contenders in that division, who are in their thirties. So that's like like him, you know, who's in his thirties uh, and, and you know and is, is waiting to step up into that big fight. Um, so will this be the time for Dimitri to step up and take over the division, or will this be a, a learning experience for him when he fights Povalev? That we don't know, but I do think it's coming, and I think it's coming, you know, fairly soon.
2: Now, it's a lot of main event fighters who are also going to be part of the undercard here as well that fans will be able to watch uh, when they go to Atlantic City to watch the fight there at the Hard Rock. Our, our co-host, Adam Abramovich is actually going to come up from Philly to come watch the fight, uh, so that's something he's going to take in, but one name in particular that I saw in the undercard that kind of caught my attention is a guy that we haven't seen in literally three and a half years. Uh, Carl Dargan is, is making his return. Um, you know, what's taking him so long <laughs> to come back because... The kids seem to have such a bright future, and then that one loss just seemed to just completely break him down to where it's taking him so long to get back.
0: Well, you know, uh, um, you know, Carl was interesting. Carl's a prodigy, you know, when he was young, uh, he, he was the guy. You could tell how all the talent in the world was going to be able to go as far as he wanted to go. Around the time that you know he, he lost his fight, I don't think it's a coincidence uh, he. Had 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 begun a relationship with uh, with his wife, Lomo, who has a, a big career and a, a big a big life, and uh, they have children together, and I just think Carl got distracted, um, having having a, a, a wonderful relationship with with a, with a really strong, talented, incredible woman, and so uh, you know there was a part of me that kind of said. Yeah, I kind of get that. That's kind of a reasonable thing to do. And uh, if you don't feel the fire and the, and the burning desire to talk, it's the last thing on earth you should be doing. And I think at that point in Carl's life, based on what I've been told by, by Nazim and by, you know what Carl has been telling the press, um, at that point in his life, he just he didn't have a fire. He's been away a little while. He's still very young, he's still got all his talent and now he, he wants it. So whatever the changes are in his life, you know, that he's perhaps become more accustomed to his role of husband and father, and looking for a challenge, uh, I, I don't know. But we're going to find out Saturday, you know, just how serious he is. And uh, we, we kept in touch with him. Jolene had been in touch with him and with uh, Nazeem Richardson, his trainer, all this time. And, you know, we always let him know it's, want to come back, just give us a call. We know how much you can do, and we know how talented
2: you are, so we're happy he called. Well, that's a good deal, because the the kid does have a lot of talent, and I I remember from watching him on the the shows that you guys had on the NBC Sports Network, uh, he shined. He was, you could tell the talent was there, so let's hope that, you know, three-and-a-half-year removal from the sport uh, has, you know, rejuvenated him and given him the energy to come back and and want to do great things uh, in, in boxing. Now, I kind of have to... Yeah, you know,
0: I think, it, I think it of it as more of the George Foreman career trajectory. I, you know, <laughs> time off did him a lot of good. Maybe that'll happen for Carl. I hope
2: so. <laughs> well, exactly. Now, one, one thing with this card this weekend is, you know, besides the fight card they had a couple of weeks ago on HBO, HBO has pretty much been on a summer vacation. Um, you know, have they given you any idea, exactly. inklings of, of what they're going to do in uh, regard to maybe fight days for main events, you know, later this year or is it just kind of a, a play by year? They're going to see how this weekend goes and take it from there.
0: Well, we're targeting uh, December eighth for sure, get the next fight. If all goes well, and uh, hopefully uh, that's, that's where we'll be. We'll, we'll be back on HBO. Uh, but as, beyond that, I, I really don't know. You know, you have to realize that they've they just completed the merger with AT and T. They were in a, a, a holding pattern for a very long time. The the mer- you know when you're when you have a big company like that and you're in the middle of a merger and you've got a new owner coming in that may change everything you just can't uh, you know spend money like crazy so they, they've had a they've had a challenge to deal with and uh, we'll see what happens the budget meetings come up in September and hopefully when we head into that fourth quarter uh, they'll have uh, I'm, I'm Confidence that AT and know they love boxing. They have a history with it, with all the pay-per-view events that they've been involved with on on the cable, you know, on the distribution side. So, uh, and, and they own Direct TV, which is also a big player in the, in the pay-per-view industry and in the boxing industry. So, I've got confidence that we're going to be seeing a lot more from HBO next year. I hope I'm
2: right. I hope you're right as well. Now. You know, if HBO doesn't pan out, you have something else up your sleeve. Now, I saw the press release, and I was like, wait a minute. I knew Oscar De La Hoya was working on something with Facebook, but then we saw main events there. I was like, well, hang on a second. Well, good deal. Now, how did all of this come apart uh, with you making this deal and this partnership uh, with Fights for Main Events airing on Facebook Watch? Well, uh, my daughter
0: Nicole is our COO, and she has been working with Facebook, talking to them, Giving advice on boxing to them for two years, and uh, when the time came to make a deal to do boxing, and, and I think she had a lot to do with, with convincing them that this was the right idea. Uh, they wanted uh, a bigger company than they Events to run the thing, so uh, they agreed that uh, you know that we would work hand in hand with Golden Boy, that it would be their series, but that we would have uh, you know dates on the series and a place in it and. Uh, we are really hopeful that this works because, you know, it's the only, it's getting to be the only, I think it may be the only platform at this time, uh, at this point where, where you might be able to consistently see boxing that you don't have to pay a cable bill or a, a subscription or buy an app or whatever, you know, to see. So, um, you know, they have a taste for as much boxing as people can watch. To put on those fights that that there's no place for on these big platforms, HBO and Showtime. Now you have ESPN Plus and Dishon. They're they're all buying for these big multi-million dollar fights, competing with each other for them. But nobody wants to buy fights between guys that are coming up. You know, guys that are are perhaps uh, coming back from losses. You know, there was kind of it's kind of always been part of the way this business works. Uh, the sport works when, when a fighter loses, you know, he comes back, he fights a young up-and-coming fighter, either he brings himself back up to where he was or the up-and-coming fighter takes his place. That's, uh, that has created the, the opportunity for, for some amazing fights over the years, but there's just no place to put them. So we hope this becomes that place where people can see familiar names, new names, watch them fight each other. See see how they progress. Follow their careers until they step up into those big, expensive, uh, you know, pay cable or, or pay app here that uh, the big fights land on.
2: Now, I will openly admit, I do subscribe to the ESPN Plus, and I I'm very um, surprised with what Top Rank is doing with that. So I, I like what they're doing with that angle, but. You know, do you think that the way that everything is playing out right now with you have DAZN and Eddie Hearn, uh, obviously PBC with their deals with Fox and, and Showtime, and obviously Golden Boy, HBO, and they're dabbling with ESPN and Top rate with ESPN, is the fracturing in boxing, is it going to hurt us long-term with these apps and networks not really wanting to work with each other as much as, you know, as they typically used to years ago? Uh, do you see that fracturing hurting boxing as a whole, or is it going to bring more money into where – Maybe bigger fights may be easier to make.
0: You know, people forget that when Showtime, and when when Mike Tyson was fighting on Showtime, and Lennox Lewis, and Evander Holyfield, and Michael Moore, and George Foreman, and all the other heavyweights were fighting on HBO, uh, there there was there was no working together to make the big fights. That didn't happen. There were there were, there were lanes. Chavez Jr., who was with Don King, and, and Tyson, who was with Don King, they fought in that ecosystem, and everybody else fought in the HBO ecosystem. So, this isn't new. It, there's, there's a bit more of them, but in time, things change. Big fights got made. Um, I think what's going to happen here is I don't believe it's sustainable that every every fight that you want to watch is. You're going to have to pay a monthly fee to see. Um, I don't know. That's, that doesn't seem sustainable to me because I just don't know how uh, you, you 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 attract new fans when, when everything's behind a paywall. But I do believe that at some point, as has been the case of every media that has come before it, uh, some company, some big company is going to go out and aggregate these channels. And when they do, then you'll pay a monthly fee to see, you know, all the boxing that you want to see in one place and, uh, you know, all the sports you want to see in one place. Who's going to win that game? I don't know, but I do recall, and I'm old enough to remember having a conversation with my best friend back in 1979, which I explained to her that there's this company, ESPN, that's going to come on the air, and you're going to have to pay to watch sports, and someday you're going to pay to see the Yankees. And she and her husband sat there and said that could never happen. No one will ever do that. There's no chance in the world people will pay to watch the end. And look what happened. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, when my husband, my late husband, God love him, you know, saw all this coming. He wrote a letter to ESPN. We, we, as a result, we ended up having, you know, being part of the, the first series of boxing that appeared on ESPN. It was actually the first live programming that appeared on ESPN in 1980. It was a, a boxing series, and Bob Arum was the, the, the person who controlled it, and four different, three other promoters were involved, Russell Peltz and Ernie Perrell and the main event. And in all that time, you know, look at what happened, look at what, what things morphed into over time. And every time we went to a new tier, whether it was cable, whether it was pay cable, whether it was pay-per-view, you know, switching over from closed circuit. Um, one thing that's true of boxing is that the very biggest fights, even when boxing was in its heyday back in the 60s, the very biggest fights ended up on closed circuit. You had to pay to see them. That's because it's just the nature of our sport. Um, it's hard to get sponsors to put up money for an event that could last for less than three minutes. Uh, a big event. Pay enough. You know? They'll pay to, for a Super Bowl that's going to be on the air for three or four hours. Not going to pay for a fight that could end immediately if, if there's a knockout. So uh, we will always, there will always be a pay tier for boxing, and there will always be somebody who's going to show it on that tier that is that is free because um, because we're we're good programming that people like to see and they will watch it. And uh, as I've said over the years, you know we are the the law and order of sports. You know law and order, the show nobody's favorite show but you'll watch it if it's on Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what boxing is you know you'll watch it if it's on and sooner or later these these various entities that are coming along are going to pick boxing up and 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 put it put it give it give it a place there because we are relatively inexpensive programming that a lot of people will watch and i think you know it's going to take a little time and there's going to be a lot of upheaval and that is the nature of uh, the, the media industry, but when all is settled and all is done, there will be one or two channels that are going to present everything, and then you're going to decide you know, if you want to buy them both, because that's just what has to happen. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to follow
2: and see. Well, absolutely, but you're going to be a part of, like I said, the Facebook, watch Facebook, the first card uh, that your main event is going to be a part of, Sullivan Barrera here on uh, August the 18th. Uh, he's going to be making his return uh, since his lawsuit, Dmitry Bulev. Well, oh.
0: Yeah, Brandon, we, we, unfortunately, Sullivan, uh, he, it was a story yesterday, uh, he has been injured, and so we are now working on, on how what, how we're going to change this. Uh, we may end up on a different date. Uh, we may end up in a different fight. But one of the things about Facebook that is uh, kind of an advantage to us, as opposed to being on a linear channel, is we can do a fight at any time at all. So, uh, we don't have to you know, substitute and put on a, a disappointing show. So what we'll, we're doing right now is we're working on uh, figuring out exactly when uh, that show will take place and who will be on it, whether we can wait for Sullivan or whether we have to find something else. So that, that's, that's going on behind the scenes this week while we're getting the fight ready. But um, but that's that's the situation we have now. Unfortunately, Sullivan, who's probably been one of the most adorable fighters we've ever worked with, he came up with a freak injury. And so uh, you're going to need to take a little time off.
2: Well, I hate to hear that. Well, get well, Sullivan Barrero. He's one of the one of the good guys at boxing and one, a hard worker, and he just yeah, he just yeah. wants opportunity. So I, I hate to hear that.
0: Yeah, we do too. We, we love Sullivan. He's been with us a long time, and uh, he's, he's always a, fa- a fan favorite. And there's a reason why, you know. He gives a hundred percent, and he's got a, a tr- an enduring personality. And um, he will certainly be back, um, sure, by the end of the year. But I just can't tell you what date.
2: Well, right on. Well. Well, Kathy, we appreciate you taking our time. It's fight week. We know you got a lot going on, and obviously more going on with getting more events, trying to get planned here for later this month and this year uh, for main events. So we appreciate you taking our time here for the show. And, again, fans can watch this tremendous light heavyweight uh, doubleheader on HBO here Saturday night. Uh, Tune in. You've got, you know, four top-flight guys, two championship belts on the line. It's going to be a fun fight, a fun fight card to watch, and I do expect uh, I look for Sergey to blow his man out of the water. I look for Alvarez is going to be sturdy, uh, but I look for uh, for uh, Kovalev to get him out of there by. I'm saying the ninth, ninth or tenth round, uh, Kovalev will be victorious. I'm making my call right now.
0: Oh, hope you're right. <laughs> so much for your interest, Brandon. We always appreciate it. Well,
2: not a problem at all. Again, we appreciate you taking our time as always, Kathy. You're you're always a, a favorite here on the show. So, uh, best of luck here this weekend. Safe travels to Atlantic City and uh, to all the fight fans out there. Enjoy the new uh, the new look boardwalk uh, and the new look Hard Rock. Cause Hard Rock looks amazing from what yeah. I've seen in the videos and the photos. So, it uh, uh, should be fun time to be had by all out there. So, uh, again, we appreciate you taking our time with us. Anytime. Thanks a lot,
0: man. Thank Bye-bye. you.
2: Yeah, big thank you to Kathy Duva, CEO of Main Events. We appreciate her taking out the time to talk with us here in regards to that uh, fight card we got this weekend on HBO. A lot of interesting notes there in regards to, you know, her thoughts and her impressions of what may happen in the future with HBO. I I hope she's right because that would be good for boxing. Uh, We'll see. It's one of those things we'll have to kind of play out and see what happens here after the merger. And also really interesting, you know, how she kind of brought it back that a lot of things are kind of coming full circle in regards to... Uh, boxing being fractured of the different platforms or how people watch boxing. If you think about it, uh, you know, the technology has changed, but really it's still the same thing. You have to, for the premier, and premier fights, you have to pay for uh, at some level. So, uh, you know, shout out to Kathy for dropping the knowledge on us here on this week's show. We appreciate her. And again, make sure you tune in here on Saturday to HBO for that doubleheader uh, title fights in the light heavyweight division. Now, we got another fight card here on this weekend, and I said on Twitter I was going to make fun of this card, and, and damn it, I'm not a liar. Um, it's it's a very weird card, and it kind of makes me wonder, um, is PBC even trying? Like, are they legitimately – do they even care? Uh, you know, when I heard this fight was card was initially announced, I thought it was like kind of a funny joke. Uh, Because, you know, we often joke about uh, Andre Berto and his fight cards and what have you. But I didn't legitimately think that this was going to be on network television on Saturday. Uh, But damn it, the hell it is. Um, We have a fight card here on Fox uh, that's going to be headlined by Andre Berto versus Devin Alexander in the welterweight division. in a fight card that just quite honestly makes me scratch my head. Uh, all over the place. I'm not really... I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. Um, This fight card is also in uh, Nassau Coliseum up in uh, Uniondale, New York. Uh, So it's up in New York, you know, also same time uh, as Kovalev and uh, Jumichie Buev have their fight uh, in Atlantic City. Now, granted, uh, you know, not like they're right next to each other, but still in general vicinity. Kind of strange, you know, that they decide to have a fight card there in uh, Nassau, but whatever, Uh, Lou DiBella is promoting that, so that kind of makes more sense there from that aspect. But where it gets weird is the fight card in itself. Uh, It's going to be headlined by um, Devin Alexander versus Andre Berto in a welterweight clash. Uh, Andre Berto is coming off of a a lawsuit of Sean Porter Uh, last April. He hasn't fought since then, so he's looking at nearly a a year-and-a-half layoff uh, since his last fight. For Delvin Alexander, uh, he's uh, on the comeback trail. He fought uh, this past uh, February against Victor Ortiz, and it was a, dr- a majority draw. Uh, that was his uh, second fight in his comeback. He also won a United decision for Walter, Walter Castellano here uh, in this past November. So he's, he's trying to make a comeback uh, after some time away, after battling some uh, opioid addiction. And um, they're facing him against Andre Berto. Now, what does this fight exactly do for the welterweight division? It does nothing. Um, I don't even know if it does a lot for the, the, the winner or the loser, one way or the other, truth be told, because Alexander really needs to fight a contender contender in the welterweight division. I think they have a few more more capable bodies they could throw at him uh, instead of Andre Berto in the welterweight division or the PBC umbrella. Uh, For Andre Berto, I don't know, you know, sometimes it doesn't seem like his heart had 100% in boxing, but he keeps on pushing on, and this is why we have this fight. Now, again, it doesn't make a lot of sense in regards to the the division, and also, uh, it goes without saying, you know, styles make fights, and these two guys' styles could make for a very ugly fight. Uh, It could be very unattractive and unappealing for the television eyes to want to watch. And this is what you put as your main event on Fox, on primetime national television, Fox. PBC, again, it's just like they continually to want to shit and sat in it. The fight, this main event makes little to no sense to me whatsoever, besides they're just two guys, they have a part of the roster. Now, there is a fight that is somewhat interesting, and I think a lot of people on Twitter are agreeing with that. It's the fight between Peter Quillen and Jay Leon Love here and, uh, at 168 super middleweight division, Peter Quillen took a, another guy who took a long time uh, to come back following the loss. He lost to Daniel Jacobs here in November, uh, excuse me, in December of 2015. Uh, didn't come back to fighting until September of last year. So he won another decision there. It was an untelevised fight. He's still trying to get his marbles back underneath him. Uh, he's also moving up in weight. This is going to be a second fight here at 168. Uh, for Jay Leon Love, Jaleon Love is a guy that, you know, Mayweather Promotions had a lot of promise in at one time, uh, but they seem to kind of lose uh, any momentum they have behind him after he got knocked out uh, by Porky Medina here in 2014. In the four years that have subsequently followed that loss, uh, he's been very sporadic and very sparse on television. Uh, he's fighting a lot of fight cards uh, there, you know, on undercards where you're just not seeing him. Uh, He's not been visible His fights are not being shown Um, I don't know if that's by design To kind of maybe hide his flaws And get his wins back up Uh, But you know He just It may be one of those things to where What we thought he was Is not what he is And I think that may be something They may be realizing It may be with the promotions He just may not be the fighter They thought he was going to be so uh, that's why we haven't seen him on television. Now this is a very interesting fight between him and Peter Quillen. You got a guy who's making a comeback after sitting out almost two years, uh, versus a guy who we haven't seen really that much on television in the last four years. Uh, that is your co-feature. Again, what what are they thinking and what is the the, the thought process in regards to PBC and these matchups? Uh, you also have Sergey Lipinets. He's going to be uh, kind of a key PBC fight against Eric Bone. Uh, Luis Collazo, uh versus Brian uh, Perella. Marcus Brown's also on the undercard as well. Uh, Brian Figueroa, um, Omar Figueroa's little brother. Uh, another kind of interesting name that's on here that uh, if he wins, you know, uh, from what I'm understanding, he's a mandatory now for one, one of the belts Mikey Garcia holds, is Richard Cumney. Uh, keep in mind, he lost a very close, entertaining fight with Robert Easter when that belt was vacated. You know, Now he's uh, looked upon, if he wins, he's going to be back in there in a uh, mandatory slot uh, for that lightweight title. So uh, you never know. If he looks good here, that, that may be the next logical fight for Mikey Garcia if he doesn't move up in weight uh, to face Earl Spence Jr. So you have that. You also have uh, one of uh, Gary Russell Jr.'s brothers. He's also going to be the in undercard as well. Uh, but it's just a very strange kind of... Throwing together cards, you have some local fighters from New York, obviously, on there. It helps sell tickets. Uh, and then you have, like, a fight, like I said, Quillen and J.D. I Love don't make a lot of sense. Uh, really, Devin Alexander versus Andre Berto being in New York doesn't make a lot of sense. Berto's from Florida. Devin Alexander's from uh, St. Louis. Uh, again, why have it in New York? I get it, you know, DeBella's the, the promoter, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, we'll see if the fights are any good. Which I have a feeling they're gonna be they're gonna be fun garbage fights, you know. These wins maybe Peter Quillin if he wins. And obviously Sergei Lipinets may have the brightest of all futures of the of the people amongst this card uh, here comes Saturday night from um on Fox from PBC. But that still doesn't mean a lot. You know, Sergei Lipinets is a guy right now, he's he's fighting at welterweight. I don't know if he can really carry that weight in and do damage there in that division, but it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how much does Peter Quillen really want it, uh, you know, suffering his first career loss and he just seemed like to take forever to come back. Uh, is he still, is he mentally back? Is he physically can he hang with the guys at 168? You know, it's a lot of, a lot of question marks about him, but the, the thing is he needs to be more busy for us to really have those answered. Um, so that's what makes a couple of those guys a part of this card on Saturday. Interesting uh, from PBC, but, um, I don't get it I mean I'll watch some of it before uh, The HBO card starts But I am not openly enthused about this card If I see it great If I miss it great uh, Nothing really uh, to sweat here Because it's PBC being PBC So it is what it is uh, With that So that's uh, the fight that you have here this weekend From PBC on Fox um, Otherwise than that Like I said you have a, a very A very interesting Saturday Now Friday Especially Friday morning, I can't stress this part enough. Uh, if you have ESPN Plus, which, again, man, I subscribe to is four ninety nine. It's really not that much, people. Uh, why people continue to want to bitch and complain about it? I don't get it. Um, you're going to spend four ninety nine on some other bullshit across the you know across the month doing something. Uh, just maybe not eat lunch one day. Don't don't get a, a cup of coffee from Starbucks, and boom, you pay for your ESPN Plus app. Uh, but this weekend. Uh, not this weekend, but this Friday. Uh, make sure you don't fall asleep, and I mean literally on this. Um, Tevin Farmer versus Billy Dib on um, ESPN Plus. Now, this is going to be for uh, belt. I think it's a vacated belt uh, here at one thirty. Uh, Tevin Far- Tevin Farmer going down to Australia to fight Billy Dib uh, in-, in his backyard. Now, what makes this interesting is you know Billy Dib came to America. Uh, being promoted by 50 cents. Uh, we had heard of him by name. He had a very padded record. And then when the time came and him actually fighting here in America, he was awful. Um, <laughs> just call it what it is. Uh, he was awful, got exposed, lost a lot of fights. We did get to see, see him and see his flaws um, you know, as he was fighting here in America. But now he's obviously not being promoted by 50 cents. He's now back down in Australia where he's still uh, a big name, where he's still a uh, important guy. I still a guy who can get uh, some um, some um, some public and make some money down there in Australia, and he's going to cash in on that, and and that's why this fight is down there in Australia. That's going to be for the vacated IBF junior lightweight championship. So you know it, it makes sense. It, this this fight makes sense being down there. Uh, I can't knock um, you know, did for you know, getting the fight getting it done down there. So. But for Tevin Farmer, Tevin Farmer, um, you know, he's a guy that's people have always counted him out. He struggled early on in his career, and he kind of picked it back up. Uh, he had the very controversial loss here last year for the championship, and now he's getting another opportunity to fight for a title. Uh, you just hope for his credit that if it is a close fight and he does win those rounds, that he gets the credit for those. But... You know, he's fighting in the, the enemy's backyard. Sometimes the best way to get the fight done is knocking your opponent out and just literally winning that way. But I'm a little bit worried if Tevin Farmer has um, the punching power for that. Um, so we'll see. But, again, that's going to be early Friday morning. I believe that's going to start maybe 7.30 Eastern time. Um here on the ESPN Plus app, I'd have to, you know, double-check your app, but obviously, uh, you know, sign up for the app. This is a solid fight that you'll be able to see here Friday morning, good way to start your day. Um, it gives us something to watch. Uh, uh, for me, it'll be give me something to watch while I'm at work. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but it is what it is. Um, but I think it's going to be a good fight and a very entertaining fight. I mean, it's going to do a lot. Uh, For the winner. Now, it's already been said by Javante Davis that if he, if uh, Billy, if, uh, excuse me, if uh, Tevin Farmer wins, he is wanting to fight Tevin Farmer next. You know, these guys have had some war words uh, prior, uh, you know, to Farmer having his first championship fight and and losing there. And, you know, he was trying to get a fight with Javante after Javante won his title. Uh, That didn't happen. A lot of sparring, a lot of uh, things have been said in regards regards to their personal lives, but it is what it is. This is a fight that looks like it could happen if Tevin Farmer can do his part and win here down in Australia Friday morning. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I encourage everyone, if you have the ESPN Plus app, uh, definitely make sure you're up to watch it Friday morning. Um, If you don't have the app, sign up for it. 499 is not going to break you uh, to watch some boxing. So we'll have that Friday morning, and then uh, Friday night, we actually have a card uh, on Bounce TV, which, you know, I'm not a biggest of all advocates of Bounce TV. Um, It's not in HD here through my uh, cable provider, so I hate watching fights in non-HD, but it is what it is. Uh, You have uh, on Friday night on Bounce TV, Lodarius Miller versus Dennis Galarza, the lightweight division, Juan Hernandez versus Kim Watts. Uh, Sharif Brograve versus Oscar Bravo. Uh, so it's a lot of um, PB, uh, not PBC, but uh, Mayweather promoted fighters. Uh, they're a part of this card. Mayweather Promotions is actually the ones promoting the card. So that obviously makes sense. Uh, so you'll have those fighters a part of that on Bounce TV. I do know that um, Miller is somebody that they're really high on there at uh, Mayweather Promotions they think he can be something special can turn into something special it kind of remains to be seen I'm not overly enthused by him but uh, I, I I can see where some of the talent is there um but I'm not um, I'm not wowed by anything that I'm seeing from him as of yet but um, that's gonna be on Friday you can watch that on bounce TV uh, again a lot you'll see a lot of uh, PBC fighters' names on there. It's really going to be. It's more of a showcase event uh, for these fighters uh, that I name, especially you know for a guy like uh, Sharif that you would think that at this juncture of his career uh, he'd be able to get another title fight, um, but that's yet to happen for him. Was extremely strange. He's only got one career loss, uh, and he's yet to actually be able to challenge for another championship. Uh, Title. I mean, that was back in 2013 when he lost uh, the vacated uh, lightweight championship to Richard Abreu. Uh, his unanimous decision. Since then, he's just reeled off wins and no title fights. Uh, it's a strange set of circumstances for him that no championship opportunity. Uh, you know, fought on undercards, uh, headlined a couple of fight cards uh, there at the Sam's Town Casino in Las Vegas. Uh, kind of a a uh, home base uh, for Mayweather uh, promoted fighters. Uh, that's where they have a lot of their local shows there, the, a lot of their house shows there. He's uh, fought there earlier this year in January and won being as position. Uh, and then again, you know, he's going to fight there again this time around. So you got to kind of wonder, what are they going to do with him? When are they going to try to get him an actual title fight, uh, a legitimate opponent, get him against somebody, um, somebody that's real that can actually help him improve his ranking and help him improve his spot? Uh, you know, 29, he's not old, but, uh, you know, 30-plus career fights, You know, you want to get him an opportunity to fight someone when he's still at his physical peak. And, you know, if they keep sitting around on him much longer, that's not going to happen. So for his sake, I really do hope he gets a fight of some sort of some significance uh, later this year uh, to where he can showcase his skills. He's a very solid fighter, uh, but it just seems like he's maybe in a bad deal with maybe other promotions there. So uh, there is that. Those are the fights here uh, that that are worth of note. Uh, that will go down, go down here this weekend. So you have that uh, Friday morning, ESPN Plus, Friday night, Bounce TV, and then obviously Saturday uh, we have Kovalev and uh, Buev fighting in their t- championship fights on HBO and then the Hilarious Card on Fox. So uh, something else that's very interesting that's kind of popped up here over this weekend, and and kudos to... Um, those involved with it. But there were some really good heavyweight fights this weekend over there in the UK. Uh, first, uh, all credit to Derek, Chishol- J- Derek Chis- Chisora, always mispronouncing his name, and uh, Carlos Tomek. Uh They actually put on a hell of a good fight uh, there over in the UK this past uh, Saturday. It was part of an undercard of the Dylan White, Joseph Parker fight. Great fight. Uh, con- You know, a a contender for um, fight of the year. I won't put it as being fight of the year, but definitely a contender. It was a crazy fight, crazy ending uh, with him being able to knock out, Dirk Straser being able to knock out uh, Tomek and and win. Great fight, great ending there uh, for that. So salute to him for that. Uh, Good fight, good win for him. Definitely keeps him in the conversation uh, in regards to heavyweights and him being able to get another significant fight. Down the line, uh, the main event was obviously I said White versus Joseph Parker, and it was another fight that was very interesting. I honestly thought, from a skills aspect, Joseph Parker was going to be able to use his movement and be able to outbox Dylan White, and White just didn't give him an opportunity. White just went in and bullied him. Uh, he was able to get him down um, early in the fight. and was in control, but definitely I uh, was slowing down. And, and kudos to Joseph Parker, who knew he was down on the cards. He knew he needed something dramatic in order to win. Almost pulled off the knockout here uh, in the closing seconds of the 12th and final round, uh, but was unable to do it. Dylan White is now uh, 23-1. and Long losses to Anthony Joshua, which is there's no shame in that. Uh, but now that, that makes him really show his, his wealth and his worth there in the heavyweight division. He's a guy who is a viable contender. Uh, Keep in mind, he did have Anthony Joshua Rock before he ended up going down himself and losing. So, you know, it's going to be great to see what they actually do with him and and how that plays out, what kind of fight he gets next. Um, Just very entertaining uh, fight uh, to see him be a part of. So uh, kudos to Dylan White and Derek Chisora picking up big wins. Um, Not so much for Conor Ben. Now, for anyone who saw... Uh, the highlights on it. You can definitely find it on Twitter. Uh, Connor Ben, who is the obviously his, his father, uh, was a great fighter. Um, he is a up-and-coming fighter. He's a welterweight, and at some juncture of the fight, he decided to do the Ali shuffle in the ring and slipped and fell. Now he got, was able to get back up; didn't completely fall on his ass, but his gloves definitely did touch the canvas. So, uh, you know, you got to kind of wonder a bit. Uh, that showboating is going to catch up to him down the line. Uh, you know, he has a name. We, we know who he is. I just don't see him being maybe that great of a fighter. But it's always unfortunate when you're a fighter and you're having to follow in the footsteps of your your father. It's not good. You have a lot to live up to. And, and Conor Bin right now is not living up to that. So shout out to him. Um but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out for him. But really good card that was put on there from the U.K. Um, so, yeah, good card. Also, Katie Taylor won as well. I want to point that out. Uh, Katie Taylor, Taylor and one of the Serrano sisters who, uh, you know, forgive me, I can't remember which one. Uh, that's the collision course that we're going to see sooner than later for the lightweight championship uh, there in the women's uh, boxing division. I don't know if we'll see it this year, but I think that's something we'll definitely see uh, within the next six to eight months. Uh, That's going to be a big fight. They've been really building Katie Taylor up correctly over there in the UK. Uh, You know, shout out to Andy Hearn. Andy Hearn does do a good job in regards to that. Which kind of leads me here to one of my last thoughts of tonight's show. Uh, My guy, Tyson Fury. Now, I got a lot of shit from Adam in regards to Tyson Fury when I said earlier this year that I thought Tyson Fury was the linchpin of the heavyweight division. I said that nothing will probably matter until he makes the correct move. And I think a lot of people thought I was crazy when I said that. I said I believed anyone who's making his comeback. I believe he was going to be in shape, and I believe he was going to come back focused and become heavyweight champion again. Now, granted, in his comeback fight, it wasn't against a top-flight opponent. Uh, granted, his second comeback fight that he's going to have here in a few weeks, he's not going to be facing a top-flight opponent. But... If you've seen Tyson Fury's videos and the the post on Instagram and and Twitter, uh, Tyson Fury is in shape. And Tyson Fury is looking to be in better shape than what he was uh, prior uh, to his issues and him uh, being out of the sport for the time he was out of. Uh, He looks to be in tip-top shape, and he looks to be really loving and being a part of the sport. Well, Monday morning, he dropped a bombshell on us that kind of came out of nowhere, but I'm not too surprised. Uh, So this is uh, Tyson Fury via his uh, social media uh, giving us this news.
1: Guys, um, just a quick one. I can confirm that me and Deontay Wilder are in negotiations um, very close to being done. Uh, Frank told you all on uh, TalkSport this morning, uh, the breakfast show, whatever it was, I'm not too sure. But um, it is out there now. I can reveal that negotiations are being very strong for December. Um, we're almost done with this deal, so... But I won't be looking over Francesco Pianeta. He's going to give me the right um, fight and the right work to prepare me for Deontay Wilder. Um, got to flatten him first, and then Wilder, let's dance. You know, you've been dealing with um, shithouses in the past, with and uh, John Well, I am a man of my word, and if I say I'll fight, I'll fight you. End of. Um, Prepare well, train hard. Let's get the deal done. I'm going to knock Francesco Pianetta into next week, and I'm going to knock you, Spark, out
2: too. Good luck. I love how he referred to Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua's shit houses. If I heard that correctly, never heard that term used before. But if that is the case, I love it. Uh, You know, Tyson Fury has been a—he's really been an aberration. Uh, this positive attitude guy, this guy who's just—he's he, just—he seems appreciative of the opportunity that he's gotten to get back in boxing. He seems really appreciative of the fan support and love uh, with him returning to boxing, and I think that's going—that's making the difference of him in him and what we're seeing in ring. Now, again, he, he's going to be facing Francisco uh, Petteneta here on the 18th. Uh, he's going to be part of an undercard here of a Carl Frampton card. Uh, Frampton's going to be handling that card against Luke Jackson for an interim WBO uh, featherweight championship. So again, this is a a keep busy fight for Tyson Fury, but nevertheless, you have to respect the fact that he is looking and trying to get that deal done to fight Deontay Wilder. You know, he did say when he came back that he would want a couple of tune up fights and he'd be ready to fight for a world title, whether that have been Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder, he would be ready. And what he said is actually like it's going uh, going to happen. You know, and also credit uh, for Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder pretty much got burnt from a contractual aspect in regards to the Anthony Joshua fight, which I didn't honestly think we were going to see anyway. And, you know, if he's going to fight Tyson Fury, this is a lot better than uh, facing Dominic Brazil that had been rumored uh, as the mandatory. So, you know, this, this is the next best option. Uh, this fight makes the most sense. This this fight actually is something that could be entertainable, and a lot of people are kind of shitting on this and saying, you know, Tyson Fury, he's coming back, he's, you know, he's not really deserving, given the fact he's fighting these tune-up fights against these guys we've never heard of. But what do you want him to do? I mean, you know, this is the situation he's put himself in. He's trying to work himself back in shape. So he's doing that. He's wanting to. Keep in mind, he never lost his championships to anyone. He lost them uh, by being stripped. Uh, he is still the lineal heavyweight champion. He beat the guy who beat the guy. So you can't take that from him. And if he wants to be the champion again, David, I think it's only fair that he gets those opportunities to fight for those belts. Uh, now, he never had the WBC championship, uh, but so he's going to get an opportunity possibly to uh, obtain that in fighting Deontay Wilder, uh, which is only going to make the fight with him and Anthony Joshua bigger whenever that happens. So the biggest winner in this, if this fight goes down, um, is going to be Anthony Joshua. Uh, it's going to be Anthony Joshua because he's going to be able to generate and make more money for a unification bout with whoever the WBC championship champion is when he's ready to make his title defense against them. Now, it's not 100% go that Anthony Joshua is going to beat Alexander Povetkin here uh, in September. I think Povetkin is a live dog. Um... You know he's not going to be juiced up, which is going to be a problem uh, for Pe- Povetkin. Uh, a juiced up Povetkin is a different fighter. I mean, I think that's something that's obvious to see when we're watching fight. But Povetkin does have some skills, and he does have some ability. Now, how much of that uh, was uh, chemically enhanced? Well, we we can leave that up for debate. But nevertheless, he does have some skills there in the toolbox. So that will be interesting to see uh, how that fight plays out. But uh, whoever wins this fight, if it really and truly honestly goes down here this year, uh, they're going to put themselves in a prime position, especially, I think, if it's uh, Tyson Fury for a huge fight over there in the UK uh, against Anthony Joshua. So, you know, the business of boxing is good, um, and I- I'm excited for this fight. If Wilder versus Fury happens, I'm excited for it. Uh it'll you know, seems like Tyson Fury would be willing to come over here to the States, which would make the most sense since Wilder's the defending champion. You know, all power to him. So this is something that uh we'll definitely keep our eye on and once it's official we'll, we'll have more information on it. But uh I'm really excited in regards uh to those guys being able to uh fight and a true heavyweight championship fight uh that's gonna make some sense uh happening here before this year is out. So salute to both of those guys. Uh, Otherwise than that, man, that's pretty much what we have for this week. Now, again, uh, apologies. We did think we were going to have Mario Barrios on the show here today. He had to cancel, but we are working on something to get him on possibly next week. Uh, And speaking of next week, uh, shout-out to Adam Abolowitz, who will be back on the show here next week. Adam will be traveling up to Atlantic City to enjoy uh, that Kovalev Alvarez fight card uh, live that will be on HBO. So, Adam, safe travels to you, my brother, uh, as you head up there to go enjoy that card. So Adam will be back on next week's show. And also we'll have another guest on next week's show. We have a guy that confirmed that we're going to have Team Lopez, a young, exciting fighter from top rank, who will be a part of next week's show. So he'll be joining us here uh, next week. Hopefully nothing gets canceled with that. Uh, but he'll be joining us next week to talk about his, uh, his uh, upward flight up the rankings and, and his popularity and how he's dealing with that. And also uh, see how the hand injury is going. He did hurt his hand his last time out. So definitely want to check on him and see how this hand is healing up. Uh, so he'll be on the show here next week uh, to talk about that with us. Obviously, we'll be recapping here the Kovalev Alvarez card. We'll uh, we'll probably make fun of the PBC card as well. Uh, talk some Farmer Dib and what that does there. Um, if Javante Davis and uh, Farmer are going to be matching up, or if Dib will be holding that title for ransom down there in Australia, uh, we'll talk some more of that. And some other things we'll also. Uh, talk and uh, speak about here on next week's show. So uh, just look forward to that. It's always fun to have Adam a part of the show. Uh, also, big ups and big thank you to Kathy Duva, CEO of Main Events, for stopping by. Uh, make sure you go out and support what they're doing there uh, in regards to Friday, just, excuse me, in regards to Saturday nights, Cardinal HBO. And it's one when they get that next fight schedule with uh, uh, Facebook, which is pretty interesting to Twitter they can pretty much throw out a date and they can just do it whenever they want to do it with watch Facebook. That is the coolest thing. Um, I never really thought of that. Like they don't have to worry about you know a certain date. They can put a fight on whatever. Um, it's amazing. It's really cool to think about that and, and that concept. Um, hopefully that's something that takes off and does really well for them. I know Golden Boy's really excited about that. Uh, Linares is going to have a fight card there on the app, and as well as uh, Ryan Garcia's rumored to also have a fight there on the app. So. A uh, shout out uh, to, to everybody involved with the F- watch Facebook or the Facebook Watch uh, portion. So um, let's see. A oh, shout out to my man Awesome. Series of dreams tweets. Uh, they were never smart with their broadcasting dates, and when they did put a good fight on A.E. Thurman Porter, they never followed up on it. Wilder should have been on those dates, to be honest. He's referring to PBC. And the wackiness that is their scheduling, couldn't agree with you more, Austin. Um, excuse me, Austin Plus. Uh, couldn't <laughs> couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, they never really they had good momentum and just PPC never knew how to to turn it into bigger things. And I, I just don't never get that. I don't know what the exact planning of it was, but whatever. It seems very very odd some of the movements and things they've done in regards to the app. Not excuse me, in regards to the uh, the fight cards and, and what have you. Very strange. Uh, my man Jordan says uh, he's likely heading out to the farmer dip fight tomorrow night. It's a hell of a card. Uh, like you said, don't sleep on it. So he's going to be down there. Shout out to the people out down in Australia listening to the show. Big ups to them. Um, uh, shout out to my man Tan, V 54 says pretty much PBC just finishing up their dates. Yeah, I believe so. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see... Again, I don't have any inside information on this, but the vibe I get from hearing some of the things that I hear is you're going to see a mass sell off of contracts um, that, you know, guys are assigned to Al Heyman, quote unquote, PBC. Those contracts may get sold. Guys may just get released out of their contracts. Um, Guys may go to promoters who are already working with PBC and be, you know, directly underneath them and not under the PBC umbrella. Uh, PBC just may be no more. So it'll it'll be very strange to see. Uh, from what I'm hearing, though, some things in regards to what we may see movement with PBC in 2019. I I can't even call it. It's just very strange. So, uh, shout out uh, to tnv 54. Um, my man Mikey Manifesto says in regards to Mikey Garcia. Now nah, he's daring to be great. And I'm thinking it won't it won't pay bad either. Uh, and I mean it's basically a no lose situation for him. If he loses, he was supposed to lose. If he wins, he's done the impossible in many fan many fans minds it will be bigger he'll be bigger than ever. Agree. Agree. I couldn't agree with that more because Mikey wins. You know, Mikey's Mikey can start having argument for GOAT in some of these people's eyes. I'm not I'm not, I'm not going that far. But you're then gonna start saying, Okay, is Mikey Garcia the best Mexican, American fighter, Mexican fighter, however you want to label him for that in that category. Now, he continues to win, and if he continues to definitely go in different weight classes and beat guys, then you're going to have to start saying, okay, pound for pound, he's maybe one of the best to do it. Because he's literally taking that term to task and too hard, and he's fighting in different weight classes at various points of his career. So uh, he'll go up, he'll go down, he'll go up, he'll go down. And he's fighting guys and he's beating guys. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, definitely he's in a no-lose situation uh, for him. And, and unfortunately, Earl Spence will be in a no-win situation. It's so a very weird predicament. Uh, I will say this. Mikey Garcia's dad and his brother, Robert Garcia, have been very vocal. And they don't want him fighting Earl Spence. They're more looking at a fight with uh, Manny Pacquiao at maybe 140. Now, again, with something like that, Manny Pacquiao has made it clear of ESPN Plus, you sent out that he's the only one who you need to negotiate with. and to call him directly. You know how would that play out? Mikey Garcia working with directly with Manny Pacquiao. Uh, would he be willing to uh, you know, leave the comforts of Showtime to have a fight possibly shown uh, through the ESPN Plus app? Would he be willing to f- fight in another country? Because again, I don't see that fight happening in America. I, I don't see Manny Pacquiao doing that for his tax purposes. There you know, would be would, would Mikey, wants all of that to encompasses with that? Uh, what do you want to do a fight like that? Because keep in mind, it was only weeks out uh, before the checks finally cleared for the fight between Lucas Matisse and Manny Pacquiao. So I, I don't know if he wants to go that far. I think, you know, as far as his father and his brother are concerned, I think that's a much better fight. I think that puts a, a name on his resume. I honestly think it's an extremely competitive fight. You know, I don't know if at this stage Manny Pacquiao could beat Mikey Garcia. But on the same token, I don't know if Mikey Garcia would be able to just knock out Manny Pacquiao. Now, somebody said it would be a replay of the Juan Manuel Marquez fights for Manny Pacquiao. I'm not going that far, but, you know, it could possibly happen. I could see that scenario playing out. So it shall be interesting to see how that plays out down the line for that. But I think we'll see Mikey Garcia again later this year, but I don't think it'll be against Errol Smith Jr. or Manny Pacquiao. Now, some other sad news in regards to boxing, a fight that I jokingly said last night I needed an update on. Well, I got an update. There was a fight that was being organized uh, for August 24th down in El Paso, Texas. And I can't stress the Texas part enough. Alfredo Angulo uh, versus Gabriel Rosado, the rematch. Yes, the rematch that no one asked for, uh, the rematch no one was looking for, uh, was actually going Uh, to happen it was a fight that was being talked about it it never uh, came to fruition Um, and then today it was tweeted out by Gabriel Rosado himself that the fight will not happen he didn't get into any details in regards to why the fight's not happening he just said the fight's not happening Um, I I, I will say this you know it, it takes a state like Texas and their athletic commission to be willing to put on a fight and sanction a fight between these two guys who Honestly, probably shouldn't be fighting anymore. Truth be told, uh, and Gulo is taking some beatings. Gabriel Rosado is taking some beatings. I don't think these two should really still be fighting, but whatever. They can get cleared. You know, it is what it is. It's their bodies that are on the line. Um, but that fight card's not going to happen. It is what it is. Uh, Demarcus Corley, who just lost two weeks ago, already has a fight lined up here for uh, two weeks from now. It's insane. Uh, To think about a guy that age still being active, but again, that shows you what are these athletic commissions doing? He just had a fight. Uh, He fought all those rounds, and you're going to let him fight uh, 30 days later? It's just insane. But again, we got to do a better job with these commissions. Commissions do a very shitty job of keeping an eye out on fighters. You know, didn't mean to get on my soapbox there, but it's the truth. Uh, Fighter safety should always be first, and there should be no reason a fighter um, should be fighting again. You know. Within 60 days, it just shouldn't happen unless he scores a a few punch knockout in the first round. Otherwise, then, if you're fighting anything more than five rounds, there's no reason for you to be fighting again in a six day span, just doesn't make sense, and you let alone a 30 day span. So it is what it is. Uh, But like I said, man, we'll be back here next week with Adam Bromowitz, Timofo Lopez, uh, possibly also Mario Barros uh, talking boxing all night long. Again, I appreciate everyone listening to the show. If you're first time listening in, thank you. Uh, make sure you follow the show, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Just search Punch to the Face Radio. And as well, you can listen, subscribe, and share on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, also at Punch to the Face Radio. It's so always the number two, not the word two. Uh, so make sure you follow everything there. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at BrandonP2TF as you get all of my boxing insights and insights about life throughout the day. Uh, my Twitter stays pretty hilarious, so Definitely follow me if you haven't done that already. And as well, follow uh, co-host Adam Brahma which is SN Boxing on Twitter, and as well as Saturdayboxing.com. Uh, he's got a great piece up uh, on the website right now, talking Mikey Garcia. So uh, you know, definitely check that out. Adam does some great work. Uh, also, has a piece of regards to Sergey Kovalev as well. So uh, check out all of that from Admiral It's there at SaturdayBoxing.com and as well as the Facebook group, S in Boxing on Facebook. We talk a lot of boxing there. We get a lot of your insights, and you can also uh, submit questions here on the, for this show uh, when we have guests on. So that gives you an opportunity to do that as well. So support all of those platforms from us here on the show. Uh, as always, man, I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed. Love one another. That's the only way we're going to get through this. Until next week, I am Brandon Stubbs, and I am out.